Episode 18 of Insert Credit. I'm Alex Jaffe, and joining me this week are three individuals I am legally required to describe as, quote, doable. Crooning, nice. <laughs> crooning sensation, Frank Sinatra. Hello. Football hero, Tim Tebow. Yeah! And third bad guy from the Scott Pilgrim movie, Brandon Ruth. Hmm. <laughs> Brandon got the crappy one again. Uh-huh. Once again. Well, Tebow's not really that cool anymore, is he? No, it was decreasing levels of coolness. Poor guy. Thanks. Yeah, you know, that's cool the comedy rule. Funny, funnier, funniest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, two weeks ago, Frank won the uh, homework competition. Frank, would you tell us about your homework assignment? Oh, yeah. Yes, so my homework assignment was uh, in two minutes or less, uh, each of us should come up with, I said an elevator pitch, which is technically 30 seconds, but, you know, I just wanted to make sure we had some breathing room, because not all of us are elevator pitchers. So, in two minutes or less, uh, design a game using the Sanford & Son IP. Um, I don't remember if I... uh, Assigned a target platform. I don't think I did. You, you assigned it for did. Vita. For the yeah, Vita. For the okay. Vita. It is for the Vita. So I'm ready. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. It's basically Parappa the Rapper. Uh, color forms looking uh, 2D bendable cardboard cutout characters. And it's just the Sanford and Son theme song playing over and over again. With uh, You have to use analog sticks. You have to use front touch. You have to use rear touch. And uh, it's just the Sanford and Son theme on like an endless freakadelic, psychedelic, uh, uh, spontaneous, improvised remix. And you're, you're tapping on the screen, and you're bending the analog stick, and you're seeing how long you can keep the theme song going. And that's, so what, that's well, the whole are, game. Wow, what are the fail states? Is it, you know, it's, it's, if, you, if you miss a goddamn beat, if you miss a note, it's over. Wow. you got to start over. And the longer you play, the more crazy stuff happens. It's just, just the camera's just zooming out. You've got Sanford. You've got Sun. <laughs> <laughs> You've got uh, all sorts of stuff just going crazy on the screen. It's just, it's a celebration. It's it's like Dyad meets Parappa the Rapper meets the Sanford and Sun theme song. That's okay. the game. I, that's the game I would make, and then I would probably play it all day. Uh, given that the theme song is the best part of the show, I think it's a pretty good pitch. I thought the best part of the show was Sanford faking a heart attack and going, I'm coming, Elizabeth. <laughs> that is a really good part of the show. Uh, I guess I'll do mine. Um, you don't so, really have to because mine was so good. But Ouch. True, I don't have to. <laughs> well, I didn't know what Sanford and Son was until Frank said that we had to do it and then I looked it up on Wikipedia and I found out that it's a show and it's, a that it's on the TV. Okay. One of those? Back in, 
in the seventies or something like that. Do you have? Do you have? And, any- uh, so, given that I don't know anything about it, I figured the appropriate route to take would be uh, Frank's good old. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I figured I'd take Frank's old not understanding the IP thing and go with a big head platformer starring Sanford and. Uh, and I guess he just has the one son, so so player one is Sanford, player two is son, and um, they have a junk shop, so you go through a junkyard stage, and then a lava stage, and then a moon stage, and then you can use the rear touch to throw junk at people, uh, but you can also pounce on their heads and the end. Yeah. Or you can, can you pounce on their junk? Yes. You can punch them in the junk with junk. Oh, uh, junk junking. Yeah, the official title of that game is Sanford and Son Junk Pouncers. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, so that was kind of... I mean, your idea that you just had was obviously like the first one that I had, but um, I kind of thought you might have it, so I, I went with something else, and I'm glad I did. Yeah. Um, so I, I took the approach of trying to stay true to the IP and what I remembered about it, which isn't much, but I remember that they had a huge junk pile in the front yard. Yes. And that occasionally uh, Fred, the, the, the Sanford in Sanford and Son, would uh, kind of go on the top of the junk pile if he was stressed out or something, and it was kind of its own environment up there. Um, so in my game, uh, there are robots invading the world of uh, wherever they live, I forget. And it's up to Sanford and his son to battle them with their junk. Um, yes. So on top of the junk pile, you have uh, Fred sort of running back and forth and occasionally tossing things down. And this could either be played by the computer or by a you know player one or player two, I guess. And then on the bottom, actually fighting the robots is uh, whatever his son's name was. I think it was Lamont. Um, who can... Uh, so he has to catch things that are thrown. And these are random items. I don't know if anyone's played The Passage, which is a game about random things kind of dropping down. But... Uh, Fred can, uh, not Fred, uh, Lamont can catch everything that's being thrown at him, and he can either throw it onto the pile on the left, which is a robot that is being constructed out of junk, so if it's, like, something useful to the robot, like, uh, like I don't know, like a, a blender, then he can kind of throw it into the robot, and it'll get attached to his arm, and he's fighting the smaller robots, or he can actually throw it at the little robots that are invading. And it's just, uh, it's just trying to figure out really quickly, is this junk good for throwing at a robot or building my own robot? That's pretty good. Yeah, um, it's it's, it's a, a dynamic decision-making game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a weird kind of... I, I watched a little part of an episode since I was so in the dark about what this show was. Oh, yeah? And I, I was struck by something which almost gave me another idea, but I didn't have time to flush it out, which was that um, it was this weird set that they lived in that was so obviously a set. Like, it was supposed to be their junky house, and it was... It looked like a, it looked like a diorama. It looked like a, you know, a, a drama school, a very very high end drama school production thing. Right. And that's uh, why Tim's I was thinking that. A cardboard. Right. So uh, something something, um, that that further investigated the diorama nature of that, using using junk to create their world would have been interesting, but probably not a game I would want to play. So whatever. I just want to say before we move on that my pitch was a game that plays like Quop, where you control each limb of Sanford and you're rated on how accurately you can fake a heart attack. It's <laughs> pretty good. What you can do, I'm going one further. You can up, you have to upload your fake heart attack 
to the internet, okay, uh, to Facebook, and then you get points for how many uh, likes you get. But other people playing Sanford and World of Sanford can only uh, they can only upvote like five heart attacks a day. No, no, this game so is called okay. I'm Coming Elizabeth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but okay, it's it's within the world of Sanford and Son. Sure. Uh, uh, sphere mini game sphere. Anyway, there you go. Fantastic. I, fi- I yeah, I, I won this one. <laughs> yeah, I think you won. Yep. <laughs> so this is the insert credit podcast. What I do is I throw a bunch of crazy questions at you guys, and you have crazy to- questions. <laughs> you, you, have- <laughs> you didn't say they were going to be crazy. <laughs> well, specifically for this week, they're going to be crazy. All it's right. kind of our theme. And uh, you've never heard these questions before. You're going to answer them as best you can in six minutes. Then I'm going to play a buzzer, and we move on. Let's get right to it. Yeah! Okay. Polygon is officially live. Could this be, oh, yeah? Could this be the start of a golden age of video game journalism? I don't no? think there's a golden age of anything in the world. Indeed. I mm. think that the world is just made of crap. <laughs> okay, um, I, I've actually been looking at Polygon pretty closely. Uh, someone's making, I don't know, someone eating chips or something. Stop it. Um, yeah, that's not me, man. Uh, so Polygon, as far as I can tell, um, their sort of thing is a combination of people want to read really long things about video games on the Internet. Um, people not, want Not on Kotaku. No, not on Kotaku, but here. Yeah. Uh, want to read really long things, and then they also want um, every bit of possible news. So I, I actually counted one day's worth of content. They posted 58 stories. Wow. Damn. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of stories, actually. And they range from, like, uh, like quarterly revenues by the numbers for, I guess, their video game investor audience. I don't know. And, and like... Uh, uh, you know, Doritos is giving out a, a, a free Avatar costume with Halo 4. You know, like they, that's the range of their content. So, yeah, uh, I don't really understand what Polygon is. I think what Polygon is is just a combination of all the other websites before it, which makes a lot of sense given that their staff is basically every video game website before it. Perhaps oh, yeah. that's what a Polygon is. Many Ooh. angles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Greek. Doesn't a polygon also only have three angles, though? If it's in the Greek, it's in the Greek. Okay. So that, that would be a trigon. <laughs> yeah, a, a triangle, actually, is what we call that. Well, in in the video game world, isn't a polygon just a triangle? That is true, yeah. In, in the video game world, polygon equals triangle. Polygon, uh, stories from three angles. Yeah! <laughs> the, so the, so the, the press release angle, the, uh, the, the news... Snark angle. Snark angle, yeah. No, they they actually. Uh, uh, yeah, not on Polygon. They're not so yeah, snarky. They don't seem to do that. They well, seem they, to they be the attitude or or emotion or anything. My my perception of this website is that it's kind of run like a newspaper, which I guess is cool in that it's not run strictly like a Doritos advertisement, which is cool, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Even though they did have that. Man, there was a lot of people on Twitter talking about the fact that they reported on that free Halo costume with the Doritos uh, thing. But I guess, I don't know. They, I don't know. They can't not cover it. It's like, yeah, why not? I'm not. Understand when I, when I brought that one up, I'm not saying that that's not a thing that people should cover on some website. What I was saying is that 
they're covering that. They've got a business. huge range, yeah. Um, I don't like future. It, it doesn't bring anything new to the table, as far as I can tell. It is everything that came before, but with a lot more money. And you know what? The where the money goes, though, uh, they've got as far as I can tell, they've got really good tech, right? Yeah. Like the the website looks fantastic on my iPhone four. I don't know if you've tried that yet. Uh, I mean, it, they've got that HTML5 thing that people are freaking out. They're like, you resize the window, and the website resizes. It's like, yeah, that's that's kind of cool. I mean, I guess there are no huge websites that uh, had had actually done that before. I know we did that on ActionButton.net like two years ago. Yeah. Insert Credit does it as well. Insert Credit did it. We got the same dude to do it. Good old so, Jeffrey Roberts. The one thing that disappoints me about Polygon is that the staff didn't take the time to call themselves the Fighting Polygon Team. What? <laughs> well, what's that a reference to? Yeah, Super Smash Brothers for the Nintendo 64. Oh, there sure is. They say Fighting Polygon Team. Those Fighting Polygon guys. Yeah. Uh, well, it's too bad that nobody on this podcast likes Smash Brothers except you, but I bet the audience will like that, lol. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah. so I, I I think Polygon's all right. Uh, I made Justin McElroy. McElroy. I don't know why he pronounces his name McElroy. He doesn't he understand that's not right. I, Does he I, also say McDonald's? Yeah, he probably says McDonald's as well. Yeah, we he probably that. says he probably says McDonald's. I have a friend that's <laughs> McDolins. That guy's different. <laughs> so, I made him an offer. I said I would write one review a month for a thousand dollars, and he he hasn't replied yet. So we'll find out. I actually I said it like six times. I think he just thinks I'm insane. So, um, I don't think I, I think almost no video game website has much of an identity or knows what it is. I think Kotaku is one of the few exceptions, and that's only recent. I think they yeah. kind of know who they are. So I guess my complaint about Polygon is relevant to every other video game site in the world anyway. Yeah. So, uh, well, I see it like they're they're they have to build an audience before they can uh, determine the identity, right? But how do they build an audience without having an identity? They're just That's they're just that's get- that's the problem every cable TV network faces. Yeah. You know, like they, they, you got to sell ads before you can uh, fund content, you know. Took AMC forever before they could fund a, a drama show, but they always wanted to. When you figure that out, just have an old sit down with Oprah. She'll love to hear that. And yeah, good old Oprah. She filled the network though. So, but yeah, she sold ads. And then what's what's where's all that Oprah original programming? Even Oprah's billions have not a uh... right. Anyway, that's that's a tangent for another topic. But I think I think they're uh, right now they're they're putting up just a whole bunch of content. And people are reading it. I don't know. I, I'm no website businessman. I could be if you give me thirty minutes and a textbook of some sort. The end. How effective are pre-order bonuses as a marketing strategy? Only when they're really cool ones. What's a really cool one, Tim? Like if Assassin's Creed Three came with like a necklace. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that would be pretty cool. Did you guys see that um that uh that, that cognac fella on the on the internet? He was talking about how the Assassin's Creed logo looks like Tingle's face. Tingle from that uh Majora's mask. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it looks like him a lot and that's kinda of Oh funny. hey. I never Oh man, that. so so this game dis uh dish owned 
that I'm playing. It's about it's about owning dishes. Um, there's like early early ish in the game. Uh, you you have like this dream sequence where a guy presents gives you magic powers because the game wasn't cool enough without them. The game actually is cool enough without the magic powers. But he like when he gives you the magic powers, it implants this what I can only describe as an MMA bro tattoo on the back of your hand, right? Okay. And it's just this bland looking thing. And it's it's called the mark of the outsider, right? It looks like anything that you go to a gym, you're going to see something just like it on somebody's face, right? You know, mm-hmm. like, and that is it's so nondescript that it, it I'm pretty sure they were handing out like temporary tattoos of it or medallions of it with pre-orders. I don't think they even really did too many bonuses for that. But it's like it's like the giant icon for the game on my uh, PlayStation 3's like home. Wait, why does the dish owner guy need a mark on his hand when he has that ridiculous skull mask? Well, why does he also need this uh, this god I almost threw up. This amazing cape. (laughs) Why does he need this this fantastic coat when he has a skull mask? Why does he need this awesome crossbow? When he has the coat, you know, it's just like, get it all in there, man. Why does he uh, need to look like anything at all when you never see him? I think pre-order bonuses that are that are decent are hard to come by. Most of the time, if they're physical goods, I would prefer to buy a version of it that does not have the stuff so that I don't have to have a bunch more crap in my place. Because, like, I don't know, give me a... Give me an MP3 download for a soundtrack. Don't give me a physical soundtrack because I don't I don't need more CDs in my house. And I don't need um, a vinyl record. How am I going to play that? Okay, I would take a vinyl record though. In fact, I bought I bought um, the Sword and Sorcery vinyl record. I got okay. it right here. It's actually pronounced Sorcery. I know. It's it's pronounced Sword and Sorcery. Yeah. I'm really glad we haven't gotten to the point that uh, movies have gotten to like blu-rays where sometimes the collector's edition is the only option for a while yeah oh, no, that does happen uh, like death smiles for instance on the xbox 360 you could only buy it uh at least for a while with uh with a giant xbox 360 faceplate it's like great cool there's something for me to throw away thanks for that Wait, i guess when did death smiles come out <laughs> like two years ago they are still making Xbox 360 faceplates as of two years ago. Yeah, hey, don't don't blame me, buddy. Whoa, yeah, they, they they still do it. I thought they wow. abandoned that in like 2007. I, yeah. I I don't know. Like I thought that with the Xbox Slim they would have canceled it or like stopped doing it. Yeah, because no. you can't you can't customize a Slim, right? Right. Well, but I think the um, the Elite had only just come out like two years ago or something like that. Was it two years ago? I don't know. Maybe I should look at the back of this box and yeah, see. Yeah, let's what, came. yeah, let's let's do that one later. I think. <laughs> <laughs> what what Blu-ray were we looking at yesterday, Frank, at Target that had like a whole bunch of crap in the box? Oh, what was that? I don't. It was like just some Blu-ray. It's like this special edition. It's in this giant box. Like, yeah, it's like any any hit movie does that now. I don't think the Avengers did that, but like I don't know. Like my complaint was when Citizen Kane came out on Blu-ray. I just wanted Citizen Kane on Blu-ray, and the only way to get Citizen Kane on Blu-ray was to get this huge three-disc set. And discs two and three were the same discs two and three I had when I bought the DVD like five years ago, and they weren't even Blu-rays. Yeah, <laughs> that exactly. It was, was stupid. <laughs> 
Um, so I didn't buy Citizen Kane on Blu-ray for a really long time until I could get the disc-only version. Um, but it, what what is a good pre-order bonus? Um, I've never had one. DLC, I'll tell you one, tell you one I like. Yeah, basically, DLC. Uh, I mean, it's annoying because it, it feels like they have content that we're, they're withholding from you and deigning to allow you to have it because you pre-ordered it. But um, it's think- like... I think it's pretty hilarious when different stores offer different pre-order bonuses so that it's nobody true. is happy. With uh, with Pokemon Conquest, there were some extra Pokemans that you could get if you pre-ordered it, and you'd just get these five Pokemon unlocked. And it wasn't that you could instantly get them. You just had the ability to get them now. Um, and uh, I don't know. I thought it was worth it because I was going to get that game anyway. But that's that's the annoying thing about it to me. It's it's like it's not going to make me buy a game, but it might make me pre-order it if I know for sure I'm already going to get it. And so it it only serves games uh GameSpot GameStop. Damn it! Can't GameSpot GameStops. I cannot get it right on the GameStop. GameStop. It only serves <laughs> GameStop's needs, and uh, and not not the consumers. And that's that's. Uh, that's... <laughs> what is the best Atlas game? No. <laughs> <laughs> Have I ever played an Atlas game? I played a whole darn bunch of them. Uh, I'll tell you that. Like Fatless, am I right? <laughs> the my instant thought my. My favorite that I, um, the first Atlas game I ever beat and played all the way through was, um, Devil Survivor, the tactics game where you have seven days to figure out what's going on in, in, in Tokyo within the Yamanote line. Did you and survive the devil, Brandon? I didn't survive the devil because at the very end they have, they, they offer you up different paths based on who you have befriended along the way and who you've, you know, gotten a further enough, far enough with the story. Um, and I had gotten all of the possible endings and I had this kind of paralyzing indecision and I couldn't, I couldn't decide. And so I randomly just, I didn't like any of the potential solutions. So I just randomly chose one. And then it turned out that I had chosen the hardest one that was basically impossible to beat without an FAQ and uh, then I didn't play it anymore. But I basically beat it. I mean, all I had was that last that last thing. But I also, I don't know, I also like Persona, uh, Persona 3. That's, That's a, a good, good game. game. That's a fun game for playing. I think yeah. you, uh, if you didn't survive the devil, I think you got a GTFO this conversation, Brandon. Right. Oh, darn it. The rest of us survived the devil. No, you didn't. <laughs> you know what game I liked was that Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey. Did you guys play that? Nope. Yeah, it's. I don't like the first person stuff. Oh, you don't like it? You get you get scared. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, as per discussion last time, I get I get scared. Did I even finish the thing that I was saying last time? No, you didn't. Uh, twenty, the twenty six hundred games scared me. That did that, and and oh yeah, no, I did finish that. Anyway. Yeah, you sort of did. I get lost. It's it's not the scaredness. I definitely hundred percent immediately get lost. I was just trying to play that that last express game. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. You were talking about that with Frank. And um, man, I ju- I just got so lost because it's first person and everything looks the same. So I would love to like those kinds of games. I just don't. I can't. But you it. wouldn't like to love them. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I I thought Strange Journey was cool. 
I thought the Game Boy Color machine or Megami Tensei game was cool. Did you ever play that? Mm-mm. For like Persona Three. I mean, people love that game. It's like it's cute. It, it's- it is, I guess. I mean, I just. I mean, I'm, I'm, I was joking, by the way. I didn't sincerely mean I'm too cool for it. I know somebody listening will think I was serious, but uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, I didn't uh, play it more than like two hours or so. I played the Japanese version because I, I speak Japanese, and uh, heard about that. Yeah, did you guys know that? And uh, then apparently, people in Japan thought it was cool, but people in America's heads lit on fire when they played it. I think maybe the localization was full of uh, what's the word, quote unquote humor and jokes. No, and it, it wasn't. It wasn't very funny, really. It was. I think it was just that people had been waiting for years to feel like they were in what they think an adult anime is, which means you know uh, it's, it's for fourteen to fifteen year olds instead of you know eleven to twelve year olds. And this game definitely gave you that feeling, like you are involved in. And part, you know, you're you're having an effect on an actual anime, and so they were they were feeling like they were involved in that. That's what I think is. And I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that to disparage it either, because I yeah. I got all the way to the final boss battle of that thing too, but then I didn't finish it because I hate at the ends of these games when they're like, okay, this is your last chance to do all of the stuff that you could possibly do in this game because then it's the final battle and then I think oh my god I have to finish all the little mini quests and all the side things and then I just give up I, I played uh, Persona 2 actually oh. all, the, all the way through uh, you know which I Persona mean, 2 Tim there were two Persona 2's I played I played uh, Persona 2 Innocent Sin was that the second one there were two was it the second Persona 2 I played the second Persona 2 in Japanese uh with not very much understanding of the language in uh, 2001, or no, 2002. And I played it around the time I was also playing Dragon Quest VII. Was it on the old PlayStation? Yeah, the old PlayStation. I I had a good old time with that. Uh, I liked the weird kind of card gamey nature of the battles, but it it didn't really, really grab me. I, I mean... You know, I, I actually legitimately like the Saga games, you know? Like, I, I want it to be full weird or just a little bit weird, you know? You know, I think we would be doing our audience a disservice if we didn't mention Widget on the NES. Oh, that's a good game, god darn it. That's, sure. uh, that is a licensed game uh, based on a, an American anime called Widget. An American um, anime. American anime, that's right. American animation. Uh, it's a licensed platform game where you run around and you shoot, and um, the character has a really large head. So that's, that's a good game. <laughs> I like big heads. I like Widget. I think if Patrick Miller were here, he might say Guilty Gear, because Atlas published Guilty Gear on the PlayStation. But, um, yeah, yeah. Of course they didn't develop it, but that's... Uh, oh, can, can, can I make a joke, guys? Can I make a joke? Sure. Yeah, do it, do it. My favorite Atlas game is Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Oh, that's good. Oh, that's that's real good. good. That's fa- <laughs> that's goddarn fantastic. That was goddarn. That was brilliant. Give this guy a raise. Explain Dishonored to your mom. Oh man, hey mom, this is a game about a dude stabbing people in the net. Mom, this is a game about a guy who's invisible when he leans. <laughs> He's invisible as long as uh, I've pressed this button first. 
<laughs> yeah, if I press this button, I can basically do anything. And then if I press the button again, I can't do anything anymore. I can do I can do some stuff, but I have to be careful about it. Uh, the end. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, I was I was at uh I was at a a, a cinema the other day, oh. and there was a poster for a movie called Tai Chi Zero, right? Sure. Which Lord knows what it is, but the prequel to Tai Chi One. Oh yeah, that's right. So it says on. <laughs> on the poster, it, it's apparently a steampunk kung fu movie, no. right? And it's nope. made by the guy who made Shaolin Soccer or whatever, right? And so on the poster, I know it's a steampunk kung fu movie because of the imagery on the poster and also because the word steampunk is on the poster. It describes itself as a steampunk kung fu movie. Oh so I, I guess – I would describe Dishonored to my mom as it's a steampunk first-person shooter because steampunk is now a word that people's moms must know. Right. Yeah, I mean, everybody that goes to Burning Man has a mom, and uh, they have probably had to explain their their outfit. (laughs) I guess it's not true. They were probably spawned from the Dust Bowl. Good old burnings. Yep. Yeah, so I would tell. Uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I would tell my mom that it's proof that video games are art because <laughs> it's got really cool graphics. Yeah, sure. I would also explain to my mom that this is a game where you can uh, you can equip magic powers, and you can use a heart. You can use a human heart with a clock sewn onto it why, why to, to to find glyphs. Hidden walls. Okay. Why don't I hear the argument that video games are art because video games are pretty? They have, do people say they've got art in them. Right. I actually, I actually like this Dishonored. I'm, I'm actually enjoying it. By the way, I, I haven't finished it because Lord knows I, I don't have 20 hours to sit huh. through something anymore. You know, I did just watch all of the show Freaks and Geeks and all of the the show The Office. And I mean, he sees the, the Office. NBC's The Office. That's that's uh, eight seasons and five episodes that I've just watched. Yeah. So I, I but I, I only have time to have those things on in the background while working, not to not to sit there and stare and interact with something. But I've enjoyed the six-ish hours I've put into Dishonored. I haven't played it yet because uh, uh, I was going to borrow Tim's copy, but um, and Tim is borrowing that copy from Ben fact. Burbank. But uh, I, Ben Burbank. He's not done with it, and so there you go. I haven't played it yet. But my friend uh, Harvey Smith worked on it, and he oh. he worked on that he worked on that Deus Ex before. That would make you that, more of a disborrower than a disowner. Yeah, that's right. Oh, baby, did did he work on Deus Ex or Day of Sex? Because I like the latter a lot better. Uh, I don't know. I think you'll have to ask him because it's <sighs> uh-uh. so. I, I, I like I like the game. It's got neat systems. It's got you know finding glyphs with the heart with the clock sewn into it. That's kind of cool. I like to hold up the heart and then it beats and then I can find the glyphs. But uh, and then those power me up and I can level up my skills so that I'm even more invisible after I press the button. Right. Uh, but the the combat still feels sort of the, the shooting is cool, but the the melee combat feels a little noodly. It feels like beating a balloon animal rhinoceros with a empty garbage bag 
But that's how all these first-person games feel with the melee combat. Here, here's a question. Uh, I have been told by people that I should not be turned off by it because it's a stealth game. Man, a person who doesn't like who I have not enjoyed stealth games. But do you think this is a game that people I, that don't like stealth could the, do? The thing is, okay, stealth is. Uh, Stealth is not a genre of video game where people keep call, like referring to it as though it is, but there's like there's stealth in games like it's just avoiding conflict you know it's it's where basically think of it this way stealth in games has been it started out as being about avoiding conflict Metal Gear couldn't have a lot of things moving on the screen at the same time uh, and they could only go one screen at a time on the MSX so you had to move they had to make it more creative about dodging enemies and letting them not see you or whatever but like at the core the idea of stealth is that the game is about moving right the game is about movement it's about moving your player character positioning your character which is something that games like think of how many games are there where it's fa- it's fascinating just to move around there's like Super Mario Brothers that's like it right one so, could argue that Pac-Man is a stealth game it, it sort of is. Yeah, it's a stealth game that turns into not a stealth game when you get empowered with the power pellets. But uh, Dishonored has every quote-unquote stealth set piece is some really tight little puzzle-sized level, whereas Metal Gear was, for example, is something a little bit different from that. It's not about these tight little skirmish set pieces that are in – they're kind of like Gears of War or Uncharted firefights. You know, I just don't like waiting around. There's for... not there's not much waiting. It's mostly about running, ducking, it's sliding. I have I've never had a. I mean, I've never encountered a game where, you know, it, hiding from. Uh, it's I mean, styling. you guys have a stopwatch. I mean, come on. <laughs> I don't have a stopwatch. Yeah, you do. Everybody's got a stopwatch on their phone. Come on. You're listening to the Insert Credit Podcast. We'll be right back after a short break. Welcome back to the Insert Credit Podcast. I'm Alex Jaffe. Joining me this week is Brandon Sheffield. Mm-hmm. Tim Rogers. Yeah! And Frank Svaldi. Nah. No. So, guys, did you hear the news? Yeah. Yeah. Disney yeah. just bought LucasArts. No, they did. remember that. They sure did. What does this mean for video games? Nothing. Oh, man, I've been making jokes about this all day. Yeah. A lot this, of jokes. This is your house, Frank. <laughs> Star Wars levels in Kingdom Hearts is the obvious one. Right. Tatooine uh-huh. playable level. So wait, does that mean we'll get Final Fantasy characters in Star Wars Episode Seven? Yes. I hope yes. so. I hope we get uh, Cloud well, fighting Darth Vader. Actually, it's just going to be a movie of Final Fantasy Seven <laughs> Because <laughs> Final Fantasy Seven basically is Star Wars. Right. Okay, Frank, I couldn't tell from all of your tweets today. Do, do you actually, do you like Star Wars at all? We, uh, I have no feelings... Either way, towards Star Wars. Actually, yeah, that's cool. Um, I, I, I don't know if I even said anything about Star Wars. I was mostly joking about LucasArts games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, Tim Schafer uh, 
was tweeting about how he was disappointed nobody was mentioning that Grim Fan that Lucas or uh, Disney now owns Grim Fandango. It was a it was a joke tweet, but uh, yeah, it was it was a joke tweet, but nobody had mentioned it that I'd seen. So true, maybe. <laughs> so it's <laughs> he like did, he did on Facebook um, ask Warren Spector like, "Hey, does this mean you control Day of the Tentacle and Grim Fandango now?" and Warren Spector replied jokingly, yes, I'm actually lead on the next Grim Fandango. Do you want to write some of the dialogue, smiley face? And uh, I replied to that by saying, epic Manny. That's pretty great. Yeah. That's... And, then, uh, and then Warren Spector liked it, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so Warren... I, shook Facebook. I shook Warren Spector's hand once, so I, I win. Sorry. <laughs> There's actually a photograph of that on my Facebook. I, uh, wait, I interviewed wait, did, Warren Spector. Did Warren Lenses. Spector like the photograph of you shaking his hand? Yes. Well, there you go. Then you're the clear. I, I interviewed him once, and then he denied that it had happened. My, oh, uh, <laughs> but it's like I have I have the recording, and it's on the internet. Yeah, that was I, right before Junction Point, right? He was like working on something else, and he talked yeah. about it. Again, so wait, was like, oh, I wasn't working on that. Warren Spector yeah, is the like, guy who oh. created Deus Ex, right? Yeah, he's the creator. He's the creator. He made the whole the, the guy who made the whole game. Who was the As, guy yeah. who was he the guy who said he wanted to make a DuckTales game or was that somebody else? He wanted to make he wanted yes. to move on from Epic Mickey to uh, a Scrooge McDuck video game which yeah. would have been really really awesome. Sure. It, yeah. It would have been like like a Carl Barks Duck Universe sort of thing. I don't know. Deus Duck it could have been called. Um Frank Frank I believe you're referring to what is popularly known as the Duckiverse. Oh I'm sorry. The yeah. Duckiverse, yeah. Yeah, get 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 it straight. Watch here's my, episodes here's of Dark Wing. I have a conspiracy theory, by the way. Yeah. Um, so you may remember Howard the Duck. Uh, back I love in, Howard the Duck. In the 70s when we were all hanging out. Sure. Um, Howard yeah. the Duck, uh, Disney was really upset because Howard the Duck looked a lot like Doward, like looked a lot like Donald Duck. Yeah. Doward, Doward the Duck. <laughs> Doward the Duck. Who in turn um, looked a lot like Matt Lord Fillmore. Sure. Yeah. So they actually took, I believe, Marvel Comics and uh, Lucasfilm, which had just made the uh, Howard Duck movie, to court. And um, I think there was ultimately a settlement, and part of the settlement was that Howard had to wear pants from then on, which he actually did. Um, yeah. But um, then Disney just fumed for years. They bought Marvel a few years ago. Because they and, wanted to own Howard. And then they bought LucasArts today. So they've got both halves of Howard the Duck. Oh, yeah, boy. The Duck now. So are they going to make Howard the Ducktales for uh, <laughs> like for, for PlayStation Vita? Like it's just Ducktales with Howard the Duck. That's pretty good. That sounds better than uh, my Walt Disney's The Haunted Maniac Mansion. No, it's minute. not. That's the best thing. So wait a minute. Disney made like Capcom made some Disney games. Yes, right. they made some Mickey Mouse games. Uh, they also made Aladdin and whatever. And, and they, they also made Marvel versus Capcom. Why is there no Disney versus Capcom fighting game? Number one. So also, why is there no Howard the Duck in uh, Marvel? For the same reason that Goofy fights with a shield in Kingdom Hearts. Because they don't want the, them to be seen as just con confrontationally physically violent, right. I guess. That's uh, a I'm fair gonna, concern. I'm going to point out something weird, which is that the new Epic Mickey game for the 3DS or whatever is probably going to be pretty good because it's by Dream Rift, the guys that did... Uh, Monster Tail, which was really fun. Yeah, re re really nice sprites. Monster Tail yeah. was really fun. If you, uh, what do you call it? I'm not going to finish the sentence. I'm sorry. Okay, thanks. That's nice. 
I I wonder if LucasArts is going to continue on as a developer after this because they do have that that studio has been a complete train wreck. Um, oh, they are they're killing it? Obviously, they're going to ship this new Star Wars. You know, thirteen Star- thirteen. They're going to ship that, and then they're probably going to dismantle whatever's left. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they said on the conference call, like regarding video games, um, we will continue pursuing, you know, social and mobile games, uh, but we won't be doing console games more than likely, though we may license out properties to other people to make console games. Mm. So LucasArts is basically a console game company. Yeah. They're unless they, for whatever reason, keep those guys around to make social games, which I really doubt. Uh, I'm pretty sure LucasArts dead. It's a little depressing how non-viable console games seem to be these days. It's it's like it just it just doesn't seem like they are succeeding. I, I mean, you know, th- people have been saying it forever, but it's starting to, you know, you can actually see it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the problem is there's no middle market anymore. Yeah, there's there's yeah. there's well, only just high end. There's or, a lot of uh, there's a lot of talk lately about AAA. <laughs> Uh, mobile. Moving yeah. up. Considering yeah. the differences between Portal and Portal 2, what expectations can we extrapolate for Portal 3? I have uh, actually never played Portal 2, and okay. I uh, I really, really don't want anything resembling a spoiler, because it is on the very top of my pile of games to play when I have time to play something that is not work-related. Then should we just not... Okay. No, I can do it. No, um, I, I, let me let me tell you everything you need to know without spoiling anything. I, yeah, I don't want any spoilers at all because it's like yeah, I'm, I, I consider it like a holy experience. I, I want to play that game so bad. Wait, took why the, do you get to do it? They, they took, well, <laughs> why do I get to do it? <laughs> <laughs> to do it because he won the uh, competition two weeks ago. He's the king yeah. of credit. I'm the king That's of Two weeks life. ago. Anyway, uh, keep going, keep going. Just let's it's go. Just, it's the same basic mechanics from Portal with some new stuff, but they made it more like Half-Life where you are journeying through environments in a story, and it's it's you know kind of a, more of a narrative that you're going from, from beginning to end with. And I heard there's fluid physics a lot in there. There are. So that's that's the thing that I was going to do. So that was why I was um, getting cranky about Frank doing it. But he didn't. He didn't do the thing I was cranky saying. about. Frank. Frank, crank, yeah. Getting cranky about crank, yeah. So <laughs> I'm glad um, you made that joke because I was about to. So in the in the first portal, they they went to Digipen and they got a hold of Kim Swift and her cohorts because they had made this game Narbacular Drop. And then they wanted to turn that into a game, and that became Portal. So then, for Portal 2, they're like, well, I guess we better go back to DigiPen and find some more kids. And they went back there, and they found some other game that had some fluid physics thing. Then they hired them, and they and they, uh, and they put them in the team and made Portal 2 out of that. So basically, what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to go to, back to DigiPen in Washington, and they're going to find a new team that has done a different thing Different thing, and then they're going to make Portal Three out of that. So some some kid that is you know looking to impress Valve and get into Portal Three has been working hard on some weird Source Engine thing that will that will have you know some some new uh, physical or lighting based or some sort of deal uh, twist. And then Gabe Newell's going to show up and he's going to he's going to gobble them up into the studio. Literally, yeah. So it's going to be like like okay you're going to have the portals from one and the and the fluid stuff from Portal 2 
<laughs> and then a new thing where, where your character can put their thumb in their mouth and then blow really hard and then blow up and float. I'm yeah. all about games where you can blow really hard. Yeah. yeah. I would say uh, there are a lot of the video games that are uh, that that are just kind of what do you call it? Execution iter- based sort of sequel iteration kind of thing, right? So why not? I mean, I'm pretty sure Portal 2 is not this game, but why not like a portal set in like a city and you're like escaping and you're like you're outside in like a New York City. Like a like, portal sh- mirror's edge. Yeah, you can like shoot a portal onto the top of a skyscraper like 10 miles away. Yeah. You know? It would be pretty cool. I don't. I haven't played Portal Two either, so I don't know if they do that. It's also pretty close to the top of my list of things to play later. Yeah, it's at the very top of mine. What? Because I know how short it is. Yeah, that's the thing. Also, I'm really smart, and I I beat Portal Two very or Portal One very quickly. Ooh. So I feel like I can probably beat Portal Two very quickly. Yeah, it's like a couple days. Yeah. Yeah, it took me like um three what, and a half hours or something like that to beat Portal One. Yeah, I mean, that's why I was excited for two. It's just like, good, another sort of like movie game, you know, where yeah. I just I, I have a very short experience and then I like it and then I'm done. That's that's why I got uh, Speed Cops. Speed yeah. Cops. I, still- I gotta give you that back. Yeah. I guess I guess I want that. I did pay full retail price for the first time. Man, in FRP. <laughs> um, I like so- Portal One because I beat it and then I just I recommended it to a bunch of people and then that was it. I think Portal 3 is going to be like even more fan servicey in that it'll be even more like a Half-Life game. Oh boy. Um like and I think it's kind of, I think Tim might be kind of onto something. They might be converging their universes possibly. I would I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised by that. But one well, question they, they I have they got to keep the humor in one that you know Half-Life yeah. doesn't have the humor so. Yeah. Uh, they got to keep Eric Wolpaw on the writing staff. So right. I, I do have a question, though, because with port with the first portal, you, you, it's like Porta One, right? That's that's how you spell that, Porta One. Yeah, Porta One. Then you got Portool. Yeah. Uh, what are you gonna do with three? That's not uh, very- Triordal. Portale. Throttle. Portale. Throttle. With the the three being uh be the E is three. <laughs> that's it. Portale? Yeah, Port- sure. Okay. Yeah, that's what's going to be called. Oh, I think it's, I think it's going to be Portal, like three hours. Oh, oh man, yeah. It's the one. Portal. Yeah. Maybe it'll be about a, a something that will allow you to, there's a, a mechanic that lets you multiply things. Oh, yeah. Like there's a calculator in the portal gun? Yeah, yeah, so you can like actually, <laughs> so you can actually like teleport an object and then uh, have, make like temporal distortion that makes like two of them. Did you guys play that uh, Misadventures of PB Winterbottom game? I played it for like 45 seconds or so. I looked, yeah. I looked at some screenshots once. That's pretty much... I've heard it was the name of the that. game in conversation before. Oh, yeah, no, no, I, play, I played like an IGF demo or something, yeah. Yeah. The, the, first, uh, the first puzzle in that didn't really, uh, what do you call it, grab me. Yeah. Mm. Some of the mechanics were a bit obtuse, I felt. Well, in fact, the main mechanic was a bit obtuse, but that was what they were trying to do. Multiply your character so that you would have a bunch of... Mm-hmm. Why the hell are Square Enix mobile games like 15 bucks? Well, someone's got to try to do that. I mean, it seems to kind of be working for them, and uh, 
they feel like they're making high-end content and they don't want to compromise there. I, I actually, I don't totally disagree with their sentiment. One thing I do disagree with is I bought that Crystal Defenders game for like nine ninety nine. Oh, that game is so bad. Why would you buy that? I liked it. I like some of their crappy little uh, defensey games, but uh, in retrospect, it wasn't very good. Anyway, um, then they released an HD version that they want to charge $15 for after I already paid $10 for the other one. Why didn't they just make that one universal? What did you get it for? Did you get it for iPad? Uh, for iPod Touch. This oh, was, the, I, the IPT, yeah. This was like years ago when there was, you know, Doodle Jump wasn't even out. Like, they didn't, there, there wasn't, there wasn't stuff to buy and uh i actually uh, got that crystal defenders for the playstation network and it was just a like an up smartphone looking game just this giant ugly game on my tv i thought that was really funny that they did that i only uh, got the demo of it though crystal vanguard was also okay oh crystal vanguard yeah but they you know stop the, using the word crystal all the time yeah they're 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 trying to do these these kind of high-end AAA-ish games, but they're not making any anything nearly as good as um, as Infinity Blade, which I don't even like, or Lily, which I actually do like. Uh, I think that Infinity Blade, Infinity Blade Dungeons, that's going to be the, the actual good game that comes out that's a AAA mobile game. Oh. Mm. Have any of you guys played that thing, like at E3? Not, not particularly, no. So it's their, it's their Diablo attempt? Essentially, yeah, it doesn't look very good though. There's a lot of looting yeah. and stuff. Well, the yeah, thing is, it there was a bit well. of that in Infinity Blade 2, and I thought it was getting a little too big for its britches even then. It controls quite well, and it was I found myself enjoying it. But then again, I did play all the way through Dungeon Siege 3, so maybe my um, oh. my views. Did not so count. so Square has this uh, this Final Fantasy whatever it is on the uh on the ipad and it uses like a really bad font and uh it's it's like an original final fantasy game oh yeah i heard about that final fantasy genesis of the origins or something it's called comic sans in there or something yeah it's not (laughs) i think it's helvetica which uh, apparently is not a cool font for feeling uh immersed into a fantasy story right actually i not to derail but i thought the the font they had was actually the the default font when you translate, I mean, when when you're writing in Japanese and then you use an English font. I thought it was <laughs> that font. Yeah, um, yeah, it does look like that font. It's Final Fantasy Dimensions. Is that the name of the game? Is it Final Fantasy Dimensions? Dimensions. So it's like it's like a new 16-bit Final Fantasy, and it's it's quote unquote free to play, by which they mean it's free to play the first chapter, and then it's like. Nine ninety nine or something. I, don't quote me on this. It's like nine ninety nine for each additional chapter until eventually you paid like thirty dollars, and it's like that's kind of weird. That's not really how free to play works. Indeed, free to play would be like the Dragon Quest games are already basically monetized. You know, like you have to grind so much in original NES Dragon Quest. The games were designed. Like, literally, the systems and the formulas were designed so that you would have to play the game for X number of hours before you could progress. It was to prevent people from selling the games back or to prevent rent- rentals from being viable, right? To, to decrease the uh, the profitability of 
the consumer, or I don't know what I, that sentence was messed up. <laughs> that sentence was messed up. We got what, what you I, meant, Tim. But what I'm saying is that they were they were designed to be slogs, right? So they're basically already monetized. It's like make that free. You just copy that formula from Dragon Quest One and just be like, pay a dollar to level up if you want, or you know, pay twenty five cents. Pay a dollar for the the copper sword is two hundred seventy gold. Right. In the first town of Dragon Quest, maybe three hundred gold costs you one dollar or something, right? There you go. You you can either save it up or, or don't. There's this uh, one mobile game for the that uh, Square Enix released called Chaos Rings, which is kind of a dull game, but the soundtrack is really fantastic. Soundtrack is pretty good in that. Yeah. yeah. I was I was just telling Frank yesterday that uh, until like literally 2007. Uh, Dragon Quest Seven for the PlayStation One was still like nine thousand yen, and uh, Final Fantasy Seven, Eight, and Nine were around eighty-eight hundred yen. That's like a hundred dollars, right up until Final Fantasy Twelve came out. And then they're just like, "Yeah, no, wait, it was after Final Fantasy Twelve. It was PlayStation Three was already out." And they're like, "They make this big deal out of yeah, now we've we've made them greatest hits, you know." And it's like now they're and it like like Final Fantasy Seven used was like sixty bucks in Japan until then. It's like they just keep a stranglehold over their prices and uh, they don't they don't quite get it. Yeah, it's kind of funny because you 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 notice very a very precipitous drop in you know console sales and or, or software sales for console in Japan over the last several years and everyone's like yeah i guess you know players are just interested in uh in doing something else doing something else a pretty yeah. analysis guys <laughs> <laughs> no but i just just to finish that thought but it's pretty clear that they are driving it that way when when ios things are cheap and and those are just retardedly expensive okay yeah. guys who is the pt barnum of video games P.T. Barnum, uh, everyone making video games. Oh, boy. <laughs> Every, everyone in AAA is, has the sucker born every minute. Man. Okay, maybe not. They, I, I so P.T. Gonna... Barnum, we, we think of as, as a great promoter, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, most video game blogs. Wow, yeah. 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 He was a promoter, but he was also a presenter. He, he did represent the acts he was promoting. Yeah, so do blogs for the most part. I guess so. Like, you know, what, what I want to say is Doritos is the PT yeah. Barnum. <laughs> Doritos is the. Yeah, you know, I might I might submit that uh, that Peter Molyneux, at least until recently, was the was the PT Barnum because I, I mean Barnum may have been more ill intentioned, but but you know he he was trying to sell a fantasy that was oh, larger oh, than world's life and greatest. Yeah, yeah, larger than what you were actually going to get, yeah. and he, he he knew that you weren't actually going to get that, but he he may have pretty much believed that you were going to, you know, have something close to that experience or as I much. I don't think he stopped doing that though. I think I think it's still him. Molly knew. Yeah, huh. yeah. So I think Molly knew is is not a bad example, except I think Molly knew is is very well meaning with it, and he's not he's not trying to pull pull the wool over your eyes or anything. He he just. He wants this right. thing to be true. He buys what and, he's selling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, I think, man, 
I don't know. P.T. Barnum did a lot for furthering entertainment media, you know, mm-hmm. for like for evolving and, and advancing just the, the idea of how, how entertainment media got spread around. Right. By turning it into a show like that. Yep. I don't feel like Molyneux actually does that. I mean, I think he I think he tried to do that. And he you tried know, to. But man, here you go. With Peter, populist, Peter Molyneux is uh, nothing he has ever done has ever meant anything uh, in, in 20 years. God. He will he will be dead. Right. I, I mean, how, he is, how old is he? He's like 80, isn't he? I'm not <laughs> joking. I, I'm joking. But uh, he, when he is dead. No one will remember anything that he did. He's, I don't think that's true. I'm I'm not trying to be mean, but he's an idiot, and he's not an artist, and he he's got no skills. I mean, populist is all right, right? But kind of in an extremely accidental kind of way. It's like no, here's the, here's yeah. this thing you can jack around with. You know, and it's like maybe that's sort of a P.T. Barnum kind of thing. And some people have fond memories of that. But th- there's there's nothing world changing about any of the stuff he's done. Well, just, you didn't get to the center of the cube yet. Yeah, I yeah, guess. I don't know. Yeah, man. Only one person is going to know. God, I hope it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I, need, um, I need to find out if I'm wrong. They, they, uh, they apparently submitted that game about 30 days ago. Yeah. They, they're uh, they're sitting on it. They're they're they've they've got to have it approved, and they're yeah, just holding. Apple probably won't approve it until they themselves know what it is in. That's kind of what I'm wondering. That could like, be it. And they approve it without knowing what's in the box. Yeah, looks for like, all we know, it could be a vagina. Yeah, looks <laughs> like Curiosity killed that cat. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah if there's a means. dead cat in there, man. Yeah, there's a dead cat in the goddamn box. That's what it is. Oh it's, my god! It's it's a it's a YouTube video of a cat dying. It's a YouTube video of Peter Molyneux who's stomping a cat to death. <laughs> and oh, then man, he I looks at like the that. camera and he goes, "That's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you like, isn't it? God darn it! That's what yeah. you." you I mean, so he, that I basically, I, I don't think he's an idiot, but he's I an do, idiot. I do agree with you that, that he's not, he has advanced the medium in a crazy way, but I don't really think anyone else has either. Um, I mean, you could almost say that uh, Genova Chen does a similar thing by, you know, he wants you to have these emotional experience things. And for some people, it definitely works. And for other people, they're just like, this is a boring thing where I'm walking around doing nothing. Well, but, uh, but, but have people actually had these these profound experiences playing Peter Molyneux games? I don't know. I don't think well, I, I don't nobody think I would ever hang out with. Like, I, Well, I think I think even people of, you know, lower taste thresholds or whatever. I don't I don't think he's known as ever actually producing a product that's moved people. Yeah, like there's, I mean, I can have some fun with Fable too. It has a decent combat. Yeah. But but did like did the but it, I did like actually work on people? Yeah, be, being able to thumbs up a woman until she marries me, being able to thumbs up a blacksmith until he's gay, you know that that <laughs> that didn't do anything, right? Like it shoulda. <laughs> That's pretty hilarious. God, my God, I wish it had. I tell you what, it did for me. I am head over heels in love with Fable too. Yeah, I mean, there's so much cool stuff in it, and it's just like it's just a big old bag of stuff is all it is, and that's that's his career. He's an idiot, and when he's dead, I won't cry. Oh God! 
<laughs> uh, why aren't we considered uh, E3 presenters? Reggie, there you go. Reggie yeah. from a video game. Reginald, yeah. No, no, no. Satoru Iwata is because he's a cool guy. Yeah. I watched him do a. He did a Nintendo Direct thing. He he did a Game Center CX. He interviewed Game Center CX guy. Ooh, that yeah, was great. That. Yeah. that was fantastic. Didn't he, like any Iwata asks on the show. Iwata's is cool. a cool guy. That's yeah. it. That's what. Satoru Iwata is my favorite video game journalist. The end. I, I don't think yeah. we answered that question. <laughs> yeah, we did. The answer was Satoru Iwata, semicolon, Peter Molyneux can go die. He's furthering the medium as well, Iwata is. Okay, yeah. here's, here's the last question. Uh, let's try and solve an eternal mystery. What was the deal with that handle on the back of the GameCube? Oh, I know what that was. It was to carry it to your friend's house. Yeah, they thought they thought that you... They really thought that it would be a portable thing that you would want to bring it over to your friend's house. I mean, they had memory cards, but they really thought for some reason you were going to need to bring it over there and share it. And that was, they've publicly acknowledged that that's what that was and that it was kind of, it didn't pan out the way that they hoped, but they were glad that they tried the experiment. They yep. sort of wanted to, uh, they, they wanted to, what was the word? Discoverability is what they yeah. <laughs> They wanted to, to lubricate discoverability. They wanted to make it easier for you to uh, let your friends discover it by bringing it to their house. So I have not gotten rid of my GameCube. I was thinking about doing that a while ago and then the okay. week, like when the Wii came out and 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 it turned out that the Wii could play GameCube games, I was like, maybe I should just get rid of this thing. But they were only buying them for 30 bucks and I realized I have a Game Boy player on my GameCube. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, that's and- fun. Well, you got to keep it now because the Wii U will play Wii games, but not GameCube games. Right? Yeah, well, so there you go. Again, not that there are any GameCube games I need to play, but, right, but there might be. Yeah, Wind well, Waker. He's not gonna. He's not gonna play that because Nintendo made it. So Wind Wind Waker's all right. Uh, uh, Super Mario Sunshine is a curiosity, and that's it. I, guess. I played it. I hated that game so much. I just said it's a curiosity. I didn't say I like it. No, I, I was just saying. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> thought I hadn't played it. Oh yeah. Well, there you go, Dan. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna get me one of those we used. Did you guys know that? Really? I did. We're having a, we're gonna have a party at my house, right, guys? I hope so. On yeah. the 18th. Wait, wait, oh, the 18th. I won't be. I'll I'll be in uh, I'll be in Shanghai. How, how long are you going to be there? I don't I don't know how long. I've never asked. I haven't asked. You keep, I'm leaving for for uh for like 18 days. Oh, 18 days. Well, me, me and Frank will have a party then. Okay, I'll have a cry time. We'll have Christian Nutt and, and Patrick Miller will come over. To How you. do you plan on getting this thing? What do you mean? The Wii U. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna walk over to GameStop and buy him one. That's oh. not. I think they they're all pre-order sold out and stuff. Are they? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty they, sure they, this is like the hot item. They stopped pre-orders um, like two months ago. Was it? Yeah. All like, right. Like a week after they started, you're gonna have to go to Target at like you know midnight the day before or something. Oh man! Well, Frank, here's a better idea. You've got a car, right? Leave, yeah. leave the engine running, uh-huh. and we just jump somebody. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I'm gonna get one somehow, and we're gonna have a party at my house. And we're gonna videotape it, and we're gonna put it on the internet of us playing this video game. How about? I'm, it? I'm probably gonna be able to buy one in Shanghai uh, with greater ease. But it will uh, it will be Asian region though. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more games in the U.S. I'm just thinking, man. So guess what, guys? About the what? Wii U, what? It's, the games are god darn 1080p. 
Did you know really? that? Yeah, it's a bunch of peas they got in there. They've That's actually over they've, a thousand peas. They've cracked 1080p. Nobody was able to figure it out. You know, we had Ridge Racer Seven in 2006, and now we have <laughs> like more games that are 1080. Every everything's 1080p on that Wii. That's amazing. It was, it was really interesting reading them talk about uh, fighting lag between the Wii U controller and the screen. Yeah. yeah. They, they had to figure out, because, you know, HDTVs have lag from your console already that has to be dealt with. And then you have to get the correct amount of lag from that responding to the extra lag from your controller deal. It's kind of an That's interesting... where the old sticky friction comes in handy. Stiction. Yeah, stiction is, uh, it's, you know, it buffers stuff. Trademark action button. Yeah. You can uh, you get a little bit of a sticky friction. You have a little you hit somebody and then stuff pauses and flips around and then there, it should actually help with lag. That's uh, Capcom actually talked about that with uh, Street Fighter Four was being played on those LCD screens. That's true. Good old Street Fighter. So this, this is why uh, the GameCube had a handle, right? Yeah, yeah, it had a handle to uh, to to make discoverability easier, right. and then the Wii U doesn't need a handle because. Yeah. Your house is the cool place. Mm-hmm. I like to it. think that uh, Xbox and PlayStation 2 had online capabilities, and the GameCube had a handle instead of that. With the with the Xbox, you're... Yeah. Uh, you're Why do you need live when you have a handle? Your LAN cable was the handle on Xbox oh. Live. With Wii U, the, the controller, the Wii U controller, is the handle. Yeah, so you can carry it around on the street. <laughs> and and with the Xbox Connect, your body is the handle. Yeah, the yeah. Wii had the Wii had two handles. It had the 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 nunchuck and the and the Wiimote and the straps. Mm-hmm. It has strap. All kinds of handles they got. It was like so you could just you could like. I wonder if anybody ever walked out of their house locked up, headed out to the car, and had their Wii controller hanging off their wrist. Do you oh. think that ever happened? Yes, no. I do. No, I'm pretty sure that happened to some. <laughs> no one, no one ever used the straps. So yeah, they just. Uh, oh, I remember there, there seeing are that. Definitely people who use the straps. I uh, I'll admit I use the strap. You know the only time you know what I mean, <laughs> oh god, I had to use the strap every time I played the Wii because every time I played the Wii was at E3 and uh, the Nintendo people forced you to. Oh. Oh yeah, they're like yeah, please put that on there. Yeah, they're like oh no, you're gonna have to put that on there. It's it's very dangerous. Can you please put? Can you please? Can you? <laughs> I've I've never used the like condom thing they release later. Oh. oh god, it's so gross. It feels yeah. disgusting, and it gets so dirty so fast. It gets it, so warm. It's like <laughs> like it came from the inside of a child. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Dragon Quest Seven is coming out for 3DS. Yeah. Okay. That's the I just new saw thing. that. Well, there you go. That's that. That this has been video game news. <laughs> so, uh, this brings us right into the lightning round, which is... The lightning round. Which it has been suggested by listener Math M. Math M? Yeah, Math-M. so here's what we're going to do. Uh, okay. Each of you is going to pitch me game ideas or projects to relay to my dearest brother, David Jaffe. Okay. Each of you has one minute to do it, and whoever does the best one is this week's king of insert credit. What is Wait, so your you, brother? Are you talking about? You're talking about Dave Jaffe, the uh, the the guy that makes those car games and that God of War, right? Yes, that David Jaffe. Okay. No, I, I thought it was a. 
like your real brother, David. That's what I thought no, at first. I, 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 I don't think your actual brothers except for the real David Jaffe who makes God of War. Because da- David sounds like a, a, the name of a person that could be your brother to me because yeah, it is of a Jewish religion. Name. It is a Jewish name. Yes. It's, but it so is so Jaffe. Jaffe is also a Jewish name. It is the Anglicization of Yahweh, which means... Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Is David Jaffe Jewish? Uh, maybe? He oh probably God. is. Oh my god, this changes so, everything. I want to pitch him a game about no, hold on, Jesus. Hold on. You can't do this yet because here is the order. Um, oh. you, first, we're going to take Frank because he's the current uh, incumbent. Champion. Yeah. Then we're going to do Tim. Then Brandon. Each of you have one minute on the clock. Frank, go. Wait, wait, wait. To so just pitch game. any game to David Jaffe? Yeah, pitch a, ga- pitch like, a game or project to David Jaffe. Okay, and go. Okay. Um, so it's a game. Uh, you really like, David, you really like complaining and cursing a lot. So uh, we need a game that you can curse at. So it's going to probably have to be for the Connect because that's got a microphone that's in you know a lot of homes. And you probably want to get a game that people actually buy. So it's a game where um, it's first-person perspective, and it's, it's uh, you, you are at a trade show and there are video game journalists sort of sweating and putting things in your face and asking you questions about uh, video games and especially back out of war and um, it's kind of like rock band where the words come and you gotta scream them and all the words that you say are just fucking shit and uh, and, and things that are that are uh, misogynistic toward women so, there you go. great Minute, 54 yeah. seconds alright all right. let's go Alright, I want to pitch you a game. It's a first-person shooter where you've got, like, shotguns, machine guns, uh, pistols, uh, bazookas, laser guns, um, and your guy is wearing a vest, and he's got, like, a gun belt on, and he's got this blonde flat top and uh, black sunglasses, and he says stuff like, Hail to the King, baby, like, over and over again when he shoots people, and there's, like, a scene where some women get pregnant with alien babies and beg you to kill them and you have to shoot them in the head and the game starts with you playing a video game within a video game and the camera pulls back from the end of the first level to reveal that two women are giving you a blowjob that's that's the game what do you think Can you, uh, give me a, uh, how, how, how I'm gonna have to wait until we hear Brandon to see if that's the winner <laughs> Brandon go Okay, so you've, you've said that you really like meaning in games, but you also have said at the same exact time that you really like explosions and things. So you want th- something that's going to make you feel, but you also want stuff to blow up. And uh, But you also, while you really enjoy AAA games, you also like scaling small. So in order to satisfy all these contradictions, this is a game about where you're there's just one guy in the world that you have to kill. And your job is to go kill this guy, um, and you don't have any tools or anything like that. You just have to uh, you have to find things in the world, and you have to slowly somehow uh, murder this guy. Uh, so, like, you could steal a car, and then you could shoot it with the machine guns that are on there, uh, or you can just you know like get a knife or something like that, and 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 slowly tear him apart and uh i guess oh wait no it shouldn't be a guy of course it has to be a woman because you're not a misogynist but you okay, want to be able to fine. say those things okay uh so uh our pitches here are frank whose pitch is 
Let's Curse at E3. Uh, mm-hmm. Tim, whose pitch is Hail to the King. And Hail to the King, baby. <laughs> and don't, don't forget the baby. And Brandon, whose pitch sounds like a game I would actually play. So I'm going to give that to Brandon. Nah. Oh, man. I think Tim probably should have gotten that one. Yeah. <laughs> Hail to the King, kind of, to the Kind king. of funny that it was Duke Nukem 3D, but I could, I could win if you want. Well, Brandon, that's why I am the host of this podcast, and you are not. Hey, why don't we let the viewers, I mean the listeners, also decide? Okay, listeners at home, if uh, you thought one of these uh, projects was better than the others, you could email us at podcast at insertcredit.com. What yeah, we, we would say to leave a comment on the post, but those never seem to get through. Uh, because our uh, bo- our board system is kind of archaic. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, what hey, else we should make do? a Facebook group. Yeah, no. do that. As of next week, we're going to have an insert credit Facebook group, so watch for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You Actually, just go ahead and search for it now as you're listening, because it's probably there. Yeah. What, what are the point of this? You'll, you'll find out in a minute. Oh, you will man. find out. You'll find out once it exists. It While was... you're emailing us at podcast at insertcredit.com or checking our Facebook, uh, you could suggest future questions for the show. Or submit your own audio feedback uh, responding to any one of our topics in 60 seconds or less, and you might just hear it on the show. What else you could do is you could go to iTunes, and you could give us five stars. You could tell us how great the show is. If you see any of us in real life, you can give us a high five. And uh, Not just, me, though. Don't touch me, please. No, not, for, not, not Tim. He has that thing where he's uh, he doesn't like being touched. And... <laughs> You know, it's it's a severe... Uh, I think Mr. Rogers had it. Uh, they are related. He's my uncle. Yeah. Uh, so you can keep on listening, and we'll see you next week. I've been Alex Jaffe. I'm Tim Rogers, and we won't see you next week, but you'll hear us. No, we can see them. They, they don't know we can see them? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I'm looking at you right now with the iPhone earbuds on. Oh, I guess I'm supposed to say my name now. Frank Spaldi. Yeah! I'll also say my name. It's Brandon Sheffield. And I'll also say and I'll also say my tagline. And this is podcasting. Games betopped. Podcast over, yeah.